This uh, next song is, is a love song. Um, I wrote it to redress this myth that love happens at first sight, you know, or that, or that it's better if it happens at first sight. I don't think that thing that happens at first sight is, is love. I think love you know, creeps up on you. So um, this is a song about that creepy-uppy kind of love. <laughs> You grew on me like a tumor <laughs> And you spread through me like malignant melanoma <laughs> And now you're in my heart I should have cut you out back at the start The successful removal of you would probably kill me too. You grow on me like Casanova, crept up on me like untreated glaucoma. Now I find it hard to see. This untreated dose of you has blinded me And I should have consulted my local physician I'm stuck now forever with this tunnel vision My periphery is through Wherever I look now, all I see is you If I tried to pull you out now, I think I'll bleed to death. I'm feeling short of breath. You grew on me like a tumor, and you spread through me like malignant melanoma. My eyes are red. I've been burning. I've been burning. the reason why. My eyes are red. I've been Alright, welcome to Magic and Ash. My name's Tim. You might know me from Aethercast. I could tell you a joke about my penis, but it's too long. I could tell you a joke about pussy, but you wouldn't get it. And let's face it, vagina jokes are not funny, period. And joining me from Cash from Exile, who do we have? Howdy homies, it's your gutter guru, 
the divine one himself, Swami Sid. And we kicking it back for another week. So tune in and kick back. And a man living on the run from the Galactic Empire, continuing the legacy of all his dead relatives from Alderaan. Jason. Roscom. What's up, fuckers? Mr. Roscom here once again. You know, it's springtime, the grass is growing, and I'm really looking forward to mowing my lawn and yelling at all you kids to stay off of said lawn. All you Magic and Hash burnouts out there. Yes, goddamn kids. I got a letter calling us Magic and Hash burnouts. Oh, for real? Sid's hate mail. Yeah, we'll read that later. What do you say? Or do you want to read it now? Fuck them. Is it funny? Yeah, it's kind of funny. All right, so we got a letter from Sid's hate mail, and, and we encourage all hatred here on Magic and Hash. So No, not all hatred, just any hatred directed towards us. Other types of hatred, like racial hatred, you know, hatred of homosexuals, or hatred of, you know, people that are in other socioeconomic classes. We strictly condemn that. However, if you want to hate on us, we kind of like that, because we're totally vain like that. Yeah, let the madness begin. I've listened to every show you guys have done, and it's appalling. Well, thanks for the listen. He goes on to say, there's too many sound effects, and then in captions, he has crowd booing. Tim is an unfunny, misogynistic D-bag with no talent for editing. In captions, zing! Sid Swami thinks people still play Green Black Delirium. His computer is like his jokes, broken and useless. Ouch! Damn, hit me right where it hurts, in the broken computer. He goes on to say, why is Jason Roscom here? I'm glad he can take time away from making babies to indulge your adolescent podcast. Uh, does he have me confused with Matt Hoover? I guess. He probably does. He probably okay. does. It says, John Holen is the best thing on that show, and his wife and mother are real people. What the fuck? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> he says he is smart and awesome. Hashtag bring back John Holland. Sign JH. What? This guy sounds like an okay, asshole. Okay, well. What the fuck do you think about that? Well, JH, we would have you know we would have brought John Holland back by now, but he's probably dead. Kidnapped by pirates in the South Pacific. So I hope you feel bad now, asshole. That was violent. Hit us up with all your hate mail at sitshatemail.gmail.com. We can take it. That was fucking funny. That was pretty funny. I enjoyed that. What have you fuckers been up to this week? Have we been playing any magic? Played some modern on Thursday. In fact, I posted a picture of the final moments of one of my matches on the Magic and Hash Facebook group. But yeah, I'm still rolling my black-white mid-range-ish control-y style deck. Said I did that just for you. And uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a lot of fun. I went two and one. We only had three rounds this week because only eight people showed up. I think it's because of spring break. Nobody's wants to play magic. They want to go out and hang out with their friends and fuck girls and whatnot. But either way, I went two and one with my black white deck and it's been a lot of fun. And I think I'm pulling out a new brew next week. I'm thinking about trying some blue black Eldrazi. Aw, snap. Hit us with that deck list when that happens, Jason Rossum. Never lose with Roscom's modern brews, knocking him down two by two, leaving him used and abused. His theories are advantageous, courageous, death for all ages, that shit looks contagious. Another miracle to witness, here's the twist. He comes to assist with persist. This deck list is so sweet, you'll need a dentist to handle this heat. Will do. So, uh, the one thing I liked about your picture, you had a huge controlling board state, um, but aside from that, your playmat is fucking awesome. It's the Chandra Liliana lesbian playmat. Yes. And did I ever tell you that I actually was told by a judge I could not use that in a PTQ once? Bullshit. Yeah. Fucking no sense of humor around here, man. I mean, come on. I, I have one with a bunch of dicks on it and it says, your face here. I mean, I don't see a problem with that one. But I guarantee you, if it was a mat with, like, Jason Gideon making out, they'd have had no problem with it. In fact, I probably would have been applauded for my uh, my statement. I'm just saying. There you go. Dye your hair pink. And you can do whatever yep. you want. 
Yep. It wouldn't make sense for Jason Gideon to make out, though, because everybody knows that Jason Soren are the guys that are really getting in there. Gideon's kind of like that guy that's like, he could get pussy if he wanted to because he's totally jacked. Come on into Uncle Terry's Yoga. We are endorsed by Gideon Jura from Zendikar. Well, what used to be known as Zendikar, now it's the plane formerly known as Zendikar, now, um, Land. Come to Uncle Terry's Yoga. Class is starting at 82 bucks. Tell them Sod sent you. And if you use product code Magic and Hash, you'll save an extra 2%. And he's like really, really charismatic, but he's like saving himself for marriage because he like took an abstinence oath at his youth group at his church, you know? And he's just like, I've just been really focusing on working out and reading my Bible, man. You know, keep the body healthy, keep the spirit healthy. See, I, I don't know. I think Jace is gonna be unlike any other gay guy in the entire world. He's gonna wanna play mind games. Oh. Yeah, but Gideon's definitely the top in that relationship, no doubt. Gideon was a power bottom. <laughs> power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Gideon's not doing any dudes, man. He's a church guy. I mean, Gideon used to do dudes. Truth finally comes out next week on Donahue. The book is titled Shared Intimacies. I'm glad you were with us and hope you have a nice day. Services provided and promotional fees paid by the following. Announcing a new world car, Ford Escort with road-hugging four-wheel independent suspension, front-wheel drive, and rack and pinion steering. See the new Ford Escort at your Ford dealer now. True Value Hardware Stores, where quality, selection, and service are why they're number one. True Value is more than just a name, it's their way of doing business. Gideon used to do dudes, and he used to do cocaine and he used to go out late and party, but he turned his life around. He started going to church and just exercising, and all he cares about now is just what's important, and that's keeping the body healthy and the spirit healthy, but secretly, deep down, he really wants to just do more coke and gay dudes. Come on, stop. All right, we're talking about Gideon, not you, Sid. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so speaking of Gideon, I mean, is he pretty much uh, using his asshole of fury to dominate standard now we have a new Gideon out coming with the next set and it just seems like every single deck that is tier one has had Gideon in it in some capacity or another for the past like six months now well I mean the ally of Zendikar he was already really damn good and this new Gideon is just gonna yeah have people playing him all over the place everybody's complaining that like standard is just gideon now like people are saying they should just rename the format gideon do you think that's a thing is that gonna be a thing <laughs> that might be a possibility but you know people adjust the format adjusts and uh i i don't know i think people might be ready for it out of the gates I, I haven't really played much standard in the last year, so I really couldn't tell you for sure, but I think people will be ready still. It'll be a thing, but people will be ready. You could try out a new modern deck, Mono White Gideons. Cool. Oh, that's happening. That's definitely happening. Cool. So there's this card that came out called Glorious End. It's two and a red. It's an instant. It says, end the turn. Exile all spells and abilities on the stack, including this card. The player whose turn it is discards down to his or maximum hand size. Damage wears off and this turn and until end of turn effects end. At the beginning of your next end step, you lose the game. So essentially, it gives you one extra turn to try to finish the game, is what the card is supposed to do. But with the new Gideon, you can have the Gideon emblem out and then use this as a red counter spell. So Mardu is just getting more equipment to just be oh, fucking awesome. Fuck, man. <laughs> well, not, not even just a counter spell, but you can do this on your opponent's draw step. You know, during your draw step, I'll flash in Glorious End so you don't get the rest of your turn. So they can't attack, they can't cast spells, anything. You can do it on their upkeep before their draw step, technically, right? Oh, um, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, so, so they don't even get to draw a card for the turn. So basically, it's a fucking red time walk. Yeah, essentially. Well, yeah, when paired with fucking Gideon Emblem. That's crazy. Yeah, it's fucking cool. But Mardu is just going to be a house now. I have a feeling that new cards are going to get banned. Now, I've mentioned this before, 
There's a two mana white card that whenever a minus one minus one counter is put on a creature, you can put one less on it. Vizier of Remedies. And then there's a mana dork for two. Devoted Druid. He's a zero two mana dork for one and one green. He taps for green and then you can untap him by putting a minus one minus one counter on him. But if you have homeboy up there, then basically you can do that unlimitedly. You get unlimited green mana on turn three. Yeah, well, you know, did you see that they uh, somebody bought out all of that mana dork? Devoted Druid. From TCG Player. So he's from, like, Lorwyn, I think. But, yeah, there was a massive yeah. buyout of him on TCG Player. We actually that had that real. guy. Didn't we have that guy in our deck? Yeah, in our MTGO Legacy Cube. Uh, our yeah. Legacy Cube deck. What was his name? Devoted Druid? Devoted Druid. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. He was pretty good. Two mana for a mana dark you don't really want to do, but being able to untap him, use him again right away, you can get like spurts and get to like six mana on turn four, like blah blah. So you just like Green Sun Zenith for Emrakul or some shit. Oh wait, Green Sun Zenith is banned and modern, isn't it? Yes yep. it is. Just play World Spine Worms and Crater Hook Behemoths and shit. Do you ever think you'll be unbanned in modern? Green Sun? It's it's possible. I think the the bigger argument was the man land the Dryad Armor. Dryad Armor. Land creature forest dryad. It's a one one fetchable land creature with zero converted mana cost. You could do that for zero on Green Sun and people are thinking that's like too good of mana ramp. I don't know. Isn't Genesis Wave just better? You run Genesis Hydra and Genesis Wave. Genesis Wave, if you put out a Genesis Hydra, wouldn't X be zero, though? It would, yeah. So, you run two of the Hydra, you run a bunch of the Wave, you run Harmonize. What could you run early on, like Hornet's Nest and, and stupid shit like that, just annoying <laughs> to deal with? Seems bad. Yeah. There was a deck back in Standard that was like red-green bees or whatever, and you would basically punch your own fucking nest to get a ton of bees. I remember that in Standard. I was like, God, this deck seems terrible, but I hated playing against it because they had like six flying death touch bees all of a sudden. I've always hated Hornet's Nest just because it's green and it's an 0-2 for three. Like, green is supposed to be the king of having big, really efficient creatures. And like, if they were gonna make it an 0-2 with that effect, they could have at least made it like two mana or could have made it like, uh, I don't know, a two three instead or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I just hated that card. Fuck Do they have a green creature that like kills a creature on the ground when it comes in, sack it and kill a creature on the ground? It'd be like Venus Flytrap or some shit. That'd be kinda cool. So basically like this, this is on the ground, like a hornet's nest, and you don't want to attack anything on the ground because you're like, I don't want to give them bees. So it stops your attack. It's just like this warning, like a rattlesnake in the road or whatever. Whereas if you had a guy that could swallow up a guy on the ground, like a 0-2 for 4 or whatever, but it could kill something, they would like not want to attack you on the ground, but instead of just making bees, it would actually kill the creature. Are we making up cards now? Because I have a bunch of cards that I made up that are really sweet, dude. I'm high. I don't know. I'm just fucking <laughs> I wasn't going to run from the cops, but I was high. Uh, I'm serious, man. I was going to pull right over and stop. But I was high. Uh, <laughs> now I'm a paraplegic, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. Jason, you're supposed to keep us on the rails, man. <laughs> Me? I'm not running this thing. Wait, who's steering the ship? Iceberg, going ahead! <laughs> oh, shit. So. Uh, we were talking about Green Sun earlier and like cards that'll never be unbanned in modern. And I spoiled weeks ago that I was gonna make a video, but I realized that it's way worse to look at me than just to hear me. So um, I made a oval list, maybe we could discuss it here today. The top 10 cards that I think will never get unbanned in modern. You guys ready? Number 10, say, say the number after I say the number. That way you guys get to talk to you. Number 10. Blood Braid Elf. Okay, so. Blood Braid Elf. Two green red for a 3-2 haste. It has Cascade. Cascade says, remove the top card of your library until you get a, a non-land card with converted mana cost less than, in this case, four. Cast that card for free. Put the rest on the bottom of your library. This is like 
to get people triggered right away because everybody wants Bloodbraid Elf to be unbanned, but there's just too many gas cards you can get for free and Jund off of a Bloodbraid Elf. Like, just the most crucial Liliana's and freaking Abrupt Decays. Do you guys think Bloodbraid Elf would ever be unbanned? No, I gotta agree with you. It's it's really, really good. And when I look at the Cascade ability, I just think, what the fuck were they thinking when they made that? Yeah, there's no way Bloodbraid Elf is ever coming back. Yeah, even when you play with that in like a Legacy Cube or anything like that, you just know they're cascading into like a kill spell or something. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Too many good targets have come out since this card was banned. I mean, could you imagine hitting like a Kolagon's Command or something off of Bloodbraid Elf? Amazing. So yeah, that, yeah. there's no way. You're like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like Jund is already really good. As a mid-range deck, it doesn't need stuff to make it broken because it's supposed to be able to answer the stuff that is broken. It's supposed to keep the format honest. And when you're putting cards in there that make the deck broken, it's just like, why would you play any other deck? pretty much, right? Because you not only have the broken shit, but you also have the answers. There's a lot of that on this list. But number nine. Nine. Uh, seething song nine. and... <laughs> seething song. Seething song. Two and a red to add five red to your mana pool. And ride of flame. Ride of flame. One red. Add two red to your mana pool. Then add one red for every copy of Rite of Flame in your graveyard. I, I combined these together uh, because they're the same thing. Uh, did anybody ever play Modern like back before these were banned? I played Modern a little bit when Seething Song was still in. And yeah, Storm was a pain in the ass to, to deal with back in those days. Remember how fun that wasn't? Yeah. <laughs> Even before Seething Song was banned, people had Rite of Flame, and you play Rite of Flame with Faithless looting, and it's just like, oh, okay, well I get to pitch these two Rite of Flames, cast a Rite of Flame for one mana, and that nets you two mana, and that ritual, you would just go like, Rite of Flame into Seething Song on turn two, and it was like almost impossible to not go off, like right just then. Yeah, Rite of Flame is fucking ridiculous. I'm shocked that was ever legal in Modern, honestly. Did Burn decks play that stuff or no? I don't think so. I think yeah. the mana-making red cards are mostly just for Storm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure, like, Goryeo's Vengeance and shit would use it now because you want to, like, second main through the Breach something. I think definitely, like, the kind of through the Breach deck would play stuff like this because you use Mana Morphos in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, stuff like Manamorphose and like Desperate Ritual, while it's good, you know, it's not like these cards were. These cards were just like, ooh, I win, lol. Yeah, these are the cards that can have you go off on turns two, sometimes one if you got lucky, so yeah, they had to go. Which brings us on to number eight. Eight! Eight! Deathrite Shaman. This is back on the category of shit, that was too good and John. Deathrite Shaman. One hybrid, black or green. For a 1-2. Tap. Exile target land from a graveyard. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Black. Tap. Exile target instant or sorcery card from a graveyard. Each opponent loses two life. Green. Tap. Exile target creature from a graveyard. You gain two life. You know, it turns out that having a pretty much virtual birds of paradise that hoses any burn deck and can just outright kill your opponent at the end of the game. It, it, it was just too good. It's too good. Yeah, I've heard of this referred to as the one-mana Planeswalker. Yeah, he's, he's insane. I drafted him in Legacy Cube, and, you know, he's just... He's not as good without Fetchlands, because that just gives you the extra mana, because you, you fetch, and then when that's in the graveyard, then you can eat it up and make a green mana the next turn, and, like, it ramps you. Whereas in Cube, you don't have that, but... Just being able to like kill something and then hit them for two right after, just like eat that out of my graveyard, get you. And they're trying to play spells, and you're like, all right, I'll eat your spells out of your graveyard, and I'm just hurting you. And they're like, fuck, this one mana guy is fucking ending my day, but they don't want to use a kill spell on it because I'm playing bigger threats. And they're just like, kill that bigger threat, and just like, I'm just gonna kill you with my death right shaman slowly. Nine out of ten matchups in modern, you know, were are running fetch lands, and of course the decks you're playing death right shaman in in modern were playing fetch lands. So you always had a fetch land in the graveyard. 
Right. But I mean, Modern has never had an issue with mana dorks. It's his other abilities that just kind of put him over the top. And he's a one-two. He's a one-two for one, and then he's got three abilities. But I tell you what, these fucking Goryeo's Vengeance decks wouldn't be shit if he was still in the format. Yeah, they would just eat him. Yep. Every deck would be playing Deathrite Shaman, though. And then so people would be playing shit like, you know, Fork Gold or whatever to kill him. I mean, it would change people's removal packages. You saw how Burn totally fell off the map in Modern, like, once Deathrite Shaman came out. Having that ability to gain life, which, you know, is one of the most underrated abilities. Everybody just thinks of the mana ramp and the two damage, but he really is a foil to a lot of decks. The Goryeo's Vengeance deck and the Burn decks were both suffering from that same ability, pay green tap one, exile a creature card, gain yeah. two life. Yeah, and of course, too, Jund does a lot of damage to itself. You know, I've had many a times where I've gone turn one, fetch into a Shockland into Thoughtseize, and I'm at 15 before you've even done anything. So this really kind of helped alleviate a lot of the pain of Jund decks. So that's, again, just another cornerstone of the, the broken Jund lists of the past. Yeah, and how many times have you had, like, a Deathrite Shaman in play and step, and you're like, um, I'll just eat some shit out of your graveyard. Mm-hmm. Gain a couple life. Fuck it. Hell yeah. Number seven. Bones. Them. Summer Bloom. Summer Bloom. One and one green. You may play three additional lands this turn. This was actually in Modern for years and nobody played it. And then it showed up in a rogue deck. It was popularized in a pro tour by Matthias Hunt, that dude from SCG. And after that, it just exploded. And for a summer, it was the summer of Summer Bloom. And it was just Bloom Titan, Bloom Titan everywhere you look. And it was a dominant force right up until Summer Bloom got the ban. Yeah, it's pretty broken. A lot of your best lands come in tap for a reason. Yeah, and then of course it was taking advantage of Amulet of Vigor. Amulet of Vigor, one colorless mana. Whenever a permanent enters the battlefield under your control, tapped, untap it. And the uh, Ravnica tap lands, the bounce lands. The Ravnica bounce lands, or Karoo lands as they're nicknamed, enter the battlefield tapped and you must bounce a land back to your hand, and then it'll tap for two mana. But with Amulet of Vigor in play, they come in untapped. You can tap them for two mana and then bounce the same land to your hand. And then with Summer Bloom, you have three additionals, so you can play that same bounce land again, tap it for two, bounce it back to your hand, play it again, tap it for two, and you can bounce a different land to your hand or whatever you want to do at that point, but you get six mana. Primeval Titan, go get some more lands. Let's do it. It's going off. And it would just create obscene amounts of mana on turn two, and then you'd drop a Primeval Titan, and before your opponent could ever recover, it'd be over. Yeah, and it was crazy because, like, the cards were always there from the time Modern started. You had the shell of that deck, but it didn't catch on. Like, Wizards had no idea that nobody saw it coming yep. but then once it was there it was just like well this is the de best deck to play now and people were playing it with valakut and like playing it in like scape shift there was like a titan shift summer bloom kind of deck going around for a while that you know might have been doing too much but had so many angles that it could attack you from yeah yeah and that deck was gross hell yeah so number six six Golgari Grave Troll. Golgari Grave Troll. Four and a green for a 0 0 skeleton troll. Golgari Grave Troll comes into play with a 1 1 counter on it for each creature card in your graveyard. One colorless. Remove a 1 1 counter from Golgari Grave Troll. Regenerate Golgari Grave Troll. Dredge 6. Instead of drawing a card, if this is in the graveyard, you can put six cards in the graveyard and return him to your hand. <laughs> so this was originally on the ban list when they first started Modern, but was taken off temporarily and it caused a fucking zombie apocalypse in Modern. Now, I will say though, when he was first removed from the ban list, he didn't have as big of an impact until, what was it, the Shadows Over Innistrad came out and there were some more graveyard uh, shenanigans going on with that. Prized Amalgam. Prized Amalgam. One blue black for a 3-3 zombie. 
Whenever a card enters the battlefield, if it entered from the graveyard, or you cast it from your graveyard, return prized amalgam from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped at the beginning of your end step. Prized yeah. amalgam was the thing that pushed that deck over the top. And I guess instead of banning prized amalgam, they were just like, we're just gonna get rid of the grave troll again, because he was already banned before. Like, that was a fuck up. Yeah. Well, it's like Roskam's argument earlier, now that they have shorter ban cycles, they can do that. They brought it back, it didn't work, so they took it away. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I agree with that philosophy, too. And you know what? They tried it with Golgari Grave Troll. Didn't work. Nah, eh, fuck it. We tried. Number five, 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 five dollar, five dollar foot long. Eye of Ugin. Eye of Ugin. Legendary land. Colorless Eldrazi spells cost two less to cast. Seven tap. Search your library for a colorless creature card. Reveal it. Put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. You don't sacrifice the land. So this was played in Tron for years, and then uh, Battle for Zendikar came out, and with these cheap new Eldrazi cards, basically Modern got tentacle raped like an anime schoolgirl. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the shitty thing about that banning was, uh, you know, Ayavugan was always a mainstay in Tron, like you said, and it was the one card that kind of gave them an inevitability, right? Because you'd eventually get Ayavugan and you'd eventually just be able to go search for all your good stuff, search for Amakul and whatnot. It didn't make Tron broken by any stretch, it just kind of helped it against some of the grindier decks out there. And now that it's banned... Tron suffers a little bit, I think, due to that. It's, I mean, there are ways around it, but still, it's its not the same now that Eye of Ugin is out. Wah! I lost my searchable way to win the game. Wah! Now you have to draw your threat. Good. I think that's awesome. Now you have to play more threats in Tron in the deck and less ways to search up shit. Like, it, it gave you a way to search up colorless shit going on. Wow, I'm, I'm sensing like a lot Tron. of... Yeah, I'm, I'm sensing <laughs> a lot of hostility <laughs> here. <laughs> Uh, I hate the movie, I hate the deck, I fucking hate Tron. Wow. So I guess I shouldn't tell you that I played Tron for years in Modern. It's not that bad, I love it. <laughs> I executed the plan! As you saw it, you... You promised that we would change the world together. Broke your promise. So number four. I, just, I thought. Oh well, let's talk about the Eldrazi deck some more. So oh, yeah. people were playing some really crazy shit off of this Eye of Ugin because you could play uh, stuff for free, pretty much. You had the Eldrazi Mimic. Eldrazi Mimic, two colorless for a two-one Eldrazi. Whenever another colorless creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may change Eldrazi Mimic's base power and toughness to that creature's power and toughness until end of turn. That were zero mana. You could play um, the X cost that got endless one. X colorless mana for a zero zero Eldrazi. Endless one enters the battlefield with X one one counters on it. You like get to play him? Yeah. yeah, and the big thing too is combine Eye of Ugin with Eldrazi Temple, and you can play like Thought Not Seer on turn two and um, Reality Smasher on turn three. That's when shit got really crazy. Yeah, and of course, you know, like this, I feel like the banning of this, even though like Tron played it for so long, it didn't hurt Tron badly, but the Eldrazi deck is like not a presence in modern anymore. There is a Tron Eldrazi deck, but yeah. it's not as good as just regular Karn and Ugin Tron. It's just more fun, I guess. There will be next week yeah. when I bring out Blue Black Tron Eldrazi, but that's another story. Uh-huh. Eldrazi Tron is for the Tron player that wants to win through creature combat, pretty much. Yeah, and who wants to do that, man? I'd rather just exile stuff with Ugin and lightning bolt you with Ugin. Ugin's my dog, dude. I hope that since Nicol Bolas is coming back, that Ugin's going to be coming back real soon. I, I want another Ugin. Uh, all right, so here we go. Number four. Boom, boom, boom. So this is the Jund card that would be way too broken. Punishing Fire. One in one red. Punishing Fire does two damage to target creature or player. Whenever opponent gains life, you may pay one red. If you do, return Punishing Fire from the graveyard to your hand. Punishing Fire. 
this is this is like if Jund had this, you would never like win against Jund no matter what. I don't think it's just basically the best tool that Jund could have, and it would make all other removal obsolete and they would just be able to load their deck up with more threats if they had punishing fire yeah i've got a great story about this one back in the early days of modern when i would play it at my local store um i played against jun for the first time and the guy obviously played liliana he made us both discard he discarded punishing fire and then he immediately brought it back to his hand with grove of the burn willows and i'm like what the fuck grove of the burn willows tap add one colorless mana to your mana pool Tap, add red or green to your mana pool. Your opponent gains one life. And, yeah, he just proceeded to grind the shit out of me with Punishing Fire, Grove, and Liliana. Yeah, that shit's lethal. And when it was around, they called it Punishing Jund. Yeah. is what his nickname was, so... Well, it's still called Punishing Jund in Legacy. Yeah, and so, yeah, when this is still a viable strategy in Legacy, you know it's probably too good for Modern. Yeah, definitely a good thing that this one got banned. I mean, let's face it, Wizards does not like control decks, and Jund is like the best control deck in Modern. So a lot of their bans had to do with stuff to, you know, kind of hamper control. Because as much as like some people love playing control, I actually like playing control. It's kind of fun to like foil people's plans, but. Uh, it's not fun to be playing against control a lot. And uh, a card like this in a deck like Jun, I feel like a lot of more people would be playing Jun. So, um, number three. Numero Trace. Three. Seat of the Synod and the Colored Artifact Lands. So this one's kind of boring, but I, I don't think that this will ever be unbanned because I think that it started off on the ban list because the memory of Affinity was still so fresh in people's minds. But I feel like this wouldn't ever be unbanned because I think it's kind of forgotten about now. Well, see, now, this is one that I've always questioned, the, the banning in Modern of these colored artifact lands. I mean, I understand that they're pretty good, but would they really be that overpowered? I mean, what deck would you put them in? Would you just slide them into normal affinity that we already have out there? Yeah, and it's insane. I played a legacy version of affinity. Shout out to Steve Chapman, who let me card. Whoop, whoop. A mental strategist. Y'all think he's mad as just. The way he is and now Kasosa Fizz bubbling to the top it is. Steve Chapman. But having all your lands be artifacts as well, it helps so much. You get your, your fucking cranial plating is like a fucking 6-6 six, six or something on turn 3 or whatever. You're just fucking... See, I guess this is this is my question because we already have artifact lands out there with the the indestructible colorless artifact. Now, how Dark is steel this... Citadel. Yeah, how is this that much better, especially when this one is not indestructible and is susceptible it, to things every, like Colagon's command? Helps, it helps everything because even Archon Ravager can eat all your lands now. Yeah. You can go all in so much on all your cards, and it, you have so much play with everything. It, it, you know, so, some cards, it just being an artifact helps. Like, you play an artifact and it triggers something, you're like, boom, now I'm doing this and this. I didn't think you'd be that much better, but it's like, holy fuck. That and being able to play Etch and Champion, you know, and like Sunburst cards that are available that are kind of bad, but it would turn on a lot of other decks. And Shrapnel Blast would be like a house ass card that would just kill you all the time pretty much yeah. yeah the reason you play the indestructible one is because it's an artifact land and then the other ones are just kind of lands that help you cast any color deal but what if you could just have a mana base of all artifacts holy fuck that helps your creature plan as well it's it's crazy okay yeah i just i don't know i, I kind of felt like with all the artifact hate out there uh especially like what do you do if like you're running all artifact lands and then they do stony silence are you pretty much just fucked at that point stony silence isn't the best example because it's kind of slow for legacy but when i played it i leaned heavily on cabal therapy one black uh name a card and then you get to search their hand for that card and then discard it and you get to uh, sack a creature and do it again and since you're going wide with all your little guys you'll you'll almost get full value off it up every time and if you know what hate they're bringing in you get to trigger the first one and, and get something really good and a lot of times if they do end up playing a stony silence 
say turn three or whatever, uh, you, all your creatures are out there at that point. Hopefully you have your shit equipped on your guy and you're just like, okay, I'll just attack you until you're dead then. The deck also runs uh, a couple Glimmer Voids and you have Mox Opals and stuff out there, so hopefully you'll, you'll be able to float mana and cast a Nature's Claim or something. So you run some of those in your sideboard. If you know they're going to bring in some sort of enchantment hate, then you you bring that in to kind of kind of deal with that. Hard to tap your land if you don't, so you kind of have to just kind of unload your hand right away and hopefully overwhelm them. Much better on game three when you're on the play again. More often than not, people will bring in artifact destruction or removal, and then they'll end up trying to use it on your lands to slow you down. But at that point, it's too late. The name of the game with this deck is Speed and you just need to be faster or disrupt them just for a turn or two and it's over. This is, like I said, this is just one of the ones that I always had the biggest question mark about for as far as the modern bannings go. But uh, your, your points seem somewhat logical, so I won't argue. Delver is great because you can react and you still have like a threat that's gonna keep punching you, punching you, punching you. This one is like, it just gets out of hand so fucking quickly and it's like, you have to be able to deal with it. Number two. Oh, I gotta take a number, number two. two. Deuce, deuce, deuce. Time for Jason Roscoe to get triggered because it's Jace the Mind Sculptor. He's never getting unbanned. Come and on. Man. Here's why. Jace the Mind Sculptor. Two blue, blue for a three loyalty planeswalker Jace. Plus two. Look at the top card of Target Player's Library. You may put that card on the bottom of that player's library. Zero. Draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. Minus one. Return target creature to its owner's hand. Minus 12. Exile all cards from target player's library. Then that player shuffles his or her hand into his or her library. Cobblade was an atrocity that completely ruined standard. That's the last deck that people remember that just like, it ruined standard. It was just one deck, it was all mirror matches, and it sucked. Right. Uh, you know, going back to our last one, Affinity, like, people were scared of Affinity. People were scared of Dredge. That's why Golgari Grave Troll started out on the original ban list. You know, it was weird. Modern was a format that, like, the, the only one I ever know of that started with a ban list. They're like, okay, we're going to play competitive Modern now, but these are the cards that are banned. And you're just like, oh, okay. And it was just stuff that was pretty much a bunch of stuff that was already banned and extended and a few other things but Jace is never gonna be unbanned because it would be the only brainstorm effect with fetch lands and I mean every blue deck in Legacy is built around freaking the interaction of brainstorm and fetch lands like Delver, Bug, all that stuff because you just get to pitch back shit that's bad in your hand and shuffle it away and get new stuff, you know, and it's so gas. We were talking about Legacy Cube. We were able to beat a guy that had a Jace the Mind Sculptor in his deck, but not in the game where he played as Jace the Mind Sculptor. Otherwise, we housed him. It's just that big of an advantage that it's hard to, like, come back from it. Yeah, I could see him in a control deck where the control if the control deck can hold you off for a few turns and then drop their Jace, it's probably pretty hard to come back after that. But I just feel like the format is so quick right now, uh, it, especially with Thought Seizes everywhere. There are still a lot of people out there playing Counter Magic. I, I just, I don't know. Can he ever really reliably hit the field, stay on the field long enough to make a difference before you just get your ass handed to you? Uh, the answer is yes. We played Legacy Cube, so there was a lot of broken shit going on, and the thing is, just <laughs> him landing, can't deal with him. He's like a threat that just will go off on his own to win the game. Okay. You just, you have to answer him in like two turns or else you're fucked. Their next draws are just gonna be pure magic. You have to like already take that into consideration, and then you still have to kill their fucking Jace, so it's tough. Yeah, now I, I, I do believe that you're probably right. You probably never will unban, but I wanna play a little game real quick since we're talking about it. Let's just say Wizards, you know, goes retarded for a day and they do decide to unban him in Modern. What do you think happens to the price of Jace the Mind Sculptor if he ever got unbanned in Modern? What's it right now? I think it went down a little bit after the Eternal Masters printing. They would have to unban him right on the cusp of a reprinting maybe or something. Yeah. Okay, uh, you can get him as cheap as 60 bucks right now. I don't know if he would strictly double in price, 
like since modern's not a format that people play competitively anymore um but he will definitely go up in price i would imagine by at least 50 percent so maybe like mint ones will be like 150. all right sid we're in suspense number one i just wanted to know if you guys had any honorable mentions yeah i got one hypergenesis i don't think that'll ever get unbanned because again it's a suspend card that can easily be hit with any cascade ability and the hypergenesis effect itself is pretty goddamn good with the right deck built around it hypergenesis and it does something look it up lazy fox Uh all right so number one no 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 number one Mental Misstep. Mental Misstep. One blue Phyrexian. Counter target spell with converted mana cost one. This card would just make pretty much every deck have to redesign because Modern has so many one drops in it. And every deck is able to play this technically because you don't have to actually tap a land to play it. Yeah. What are you doing, Sid? Down with Muffled Sid. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a middle misstep falls into that category of the Phyrexian mana and the whole what the fuck were they thinking. Yeah, Phyrexian mana has a proven track record of just being incredibly broken for the entire time it's existed. And yeah, middle misstep is just, they took that like way off the deep end with this card. Yeah, I mean, every deck is trying to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and being able to counter something that's won is just... It's stupid. It stops so many strategies. Yeah, because we've got at least three Phyrexian mana cards on this list. I know we've got, um, obviously, Birthing Pod, and didn't they just ban the, the fucking the draw card one? Jataxian Probe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... Just got yeah, it's just it just goes to show that Phyrexian mana was way too good. I mean, what, what would be your favorite card that would get completely destroyed by... Uh, a mental misstep. I'm banned. Glistener Elf, uh, Crosa, um, all sorts of shit from that deck. Lightning Bolt? Dude, like, Lightning Bolt would not be nearly as good if everybody's packing four missteps. Yeah, but... Thoughtsies, peace, peace out, bitch. Yeah, like, pretty much a half of my deck, my black-white mid-range deck, is all one-drops between Thoughtsies, Inquisition, Path to Exile, um, the new Fatal Push... Uh, all those cards get fucked by Mental Misstep. Yeah, so that was uh, Magic and Hashes. Top 10 cards that'll never be unbanned in Modern. Get the fuck over it, cucks. You're not going to be able to play that shit in Modern. And if you want to, you need to reevaluate why you play Magic. Because people probably don't like you. Alright, let's move on to some weird news stories. April 10th, so this is a couple weeks back now. Um... At a Florida Walmart, a dead bat was found in a package of organic lettuce. Now, I think this is fucking disgusting, and this is why I only highly processed foods, guys. Dude, that's kind of nuts, man. I wonder, like, how did that bat get into there? Was it on a freighter ship? Like, was it living on a ship? Was it a stowaway? Like, how did the bat get in the fucking carton of lettuce? I wonder if they harvest at night or something. (laughs) Are they growing the lettuce and packaging it in caves? I just want to know what's fucking wrong with your brain to where you feel like you have to buy organic lettuce. I mean, it's it's got no nutritional value as it is. I mean, organic spinach, I can kind of understand, but organic lettuce, nah. Hey, if you want pesticides all over your lettuce... I don't know. I, I'm not fucking eating anything. Pour cheese on it. I always just, I always just wash my lettuce off. Like I probably wash the wash the pesticides off of it. I ain't never got sick from eating no lettuce. I like lettuce. It's crunchy. And some people are like, oh, I don't want to support these big organizations, you know, um, GMOs and Damn. whatnot. Now I want a Caesar salad. Thanks a lot, Tim. <laughs> All right, so next story here. In Phoenix, this is, uh, again, April 12th, a little bit ago. Police say Phoenix man was was arrested for allegedly stealing a woman's purse during a first date. They say the 38-year-old David Harlow met a woman online 
and they went out to a date when she was in the bathroom. He reportedly dipped out with her purse. Then he was found at a casino trying to use her, her credit card to get money out of whatever. And he's been arrested. But what are the chances that he gets a second date after that or gets laid after this? Mm. Not not by her, but you know, I can understand. If, if the date's not going well, you'd be like, well, I'm going to get something out of this and <laughs> snatch that bitch's purse and go, uh, go gambling. Like, how many times do you think he's done this? You know, maybe that that's like how he makes a living. He gets on Tinder and like tries to find a woman that's like, I don't know, married or something like that or would have like some kind of reason to be on the down low for doing what they're doing. And then, you know, just jacks them and dips off. That's actually a pretty cool premise for a story, man. I think I want to write a short story about this now. Yeah, you know, you get a free dinner, and then you get whatever cash and credit card she's got in her purse. And, you know, you could live off of that. Wait a minute, free dinner? What the yeah, fuck? Do you, you never with a the free check, Wait, Sid? You don't pay Yeah. No. <laughs> How the fuck is she supposed to pay for the check if you stole her purse, man? You That's stole her purse. Do you re- yeah, do you really give a fuck how she's going to pay for it when you're stealing her purse and using her credit cards to go gamble? Look, I do not condone dining dashing, okay? That shit is not good, brother. You know, if you want to fucking troll Tinder for uh, people to purse snatch, that's on you. But if you dine and dash, you're a real piece of shit. And I'm judging you. (laughs) All right, the third story I have ready for us. Um, Terry Graham, a 44-year-old mother of two in California, she says she never breastfed her kids. And now she breastfeeds her pug, which is her little dog. And she says it makes her finally feel like a complete and better mother. Like, what kind of fucked up psychological shit is she trying to hide? And and how terrible of a mother was she to those two kids? It sounds like she really needs to get laid. Or she's just really into bestiality. I don't know. That's disgusting to him. Why are we talking about this? (laughs) It's a gross looking pic on the website. But she's not a terrible looking lady. She's got tattoos all over her boobs, though. You're like, that dog is sucking on her boob. That's fucking weird. Very, very weird. All right. Moving on. I got a quick little segment. You guys have something you want to talk about, or should I move into this? Let's do it. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Let's talk about it. I I think I know. I'm really excited about this, actually. All right. This is Matching and Hash's Week in Weed. All right. I tried out several new strains of weed this week. The first one I want to talk about is called Neville's Haze. It's an earthy hybrid with a very smooth and mellow high. Uh, Not too energetic. It's great for nighttime smokers. So, I mean... It's a hybrid, so it's a mix between indica and sativa. It's 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 kind of a real mellow high for you know Netflix and chill or crashing out early. Second one is cotton candy. It's a very flavorful and energetic sativa blend. It's very pretty. It looks like it's coated with crystals. It looks like it was dropped in sugar. It's gorgeous. It's very tasty. Great choice for a hike and puff mission. Boom. And my favorite this week. Go ahead. You want. To- Well, I wanted to comment on hybrid, actually. I I like the name because it reminds me of one of my favorite Marvel comic book villains. Do you remember hybrid? He was like a symbiote. Ah, no, I don't. But was he like uh, Venom or some shit? He was he was similar to uh, Carnage. He was, uh, you know, offspring of the symbiote, which was also a hybrid with Spider-Man's DNA. So he was like a amalgamation of science gone wrong and fucking alien shenanigans. I always thought the symbiotes. Carnage oh. was basically a piece of Venom suit that was that lived and, and recreated itself, or else they like engineered it and it made Carnage, and then Carnage made all its offspring and shit, right? Well, yeah. Well, what happened is Venom suit had like a splinter. I guess it like reproduced or something, and um, it ended up going into the bloodstream of his cellmate who was a serial killer Cletus Cassidy and eventually a new suit was able to grow a new symbiote suit and that's how Carnage came about so further on in the symbiote storylines like years there were a lot of offsprings of the symbiote suit there was a whole storyline like the separation anxiety storyline 
where uh, Carnage's suit has had offspring. And I guess because of the more violent nature of the user, the Carnage suit was much more powerful. So rather than having just one offspring, he had like five. Yeah, it was a weird deal. I loved it though. Like he had like he like turned his arm into axes. Like he was super violent. Fucking cool. Symbiote suits are the shit, man. Like that was my favorite thing in Marvel, pretty much. Ah, uh, merch opportunity. Look for Magic and Hash symbiote suits on our Patreon. Oh, uh, dude, we we have symbiote suits. I want one. It says Magic and Hash. It's fucking really cool. It's tight because if you have a symbiote suit, you never have to like wear clothes because the symbiote suit will just be your clothes. You don't have to like uh, comb your hair because it'll just be your hair. Damn it, Sid, just reeled me. All right, so. Do they come in pink? Oh. Yes, it's gonna be pink with <laughs> glitter. For the ladies, not me at all. And third and final flavor this week is my favorite by far is the banana. It has a high THC count of almost nearly 30% and will knock your socks off. Very fruity notes and some of the tastiest flour I've smoked in some, some time. This herb gets the magic and hash mushroom stamp of approval what did you do when you had the when you smoked the banana did you watch like a movie or did you play like old video game or something i do what i do every day i edit magic and hash. Oh, okay <laughs> smoke a blunt and uh episode 23 was that it yep that's episode 23 is that's brought to you by banana you need to put in a commercial for banana <laughs> On episode 23. Dude, did you have to, like, peel it before you packed it or rolled it up in the blunt? Like, why was it called the banana? Did it look like a banana? Did it taste like a banana? There was this original strain of blueberry back in the day that smelled super fruity and just tasty. And when you when you open the jar, you're just like, holy fuck, you just tasted, it smelled sweet. You know, when you when you smoked it, that flavor was in your mouth, like you taste it. And this smelled just like that. So I think it, it might be an offspring of that original blueberry strain or something like that, but they call it banana, but it was bonk, dude. It was so good. Wait, you said it was bonk? I thought bonk meant that it was like it was some bullshit, bonk. like some yard clipping. Oh, the funk like George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic? Yeah, it was a funky donkey. All right, so um, before we close out, do you guys, uh, video game mention of the week, Jason Roskam, what's, what's your video game of the week you want to mention or talk about? Well, I uh, I did have a funny little story. I mentioned this on the last episode of Project VCR, but I figure I'd bring it up here too. I am now officially blocked on Twitter by the game developer or the, the game director of World of Warcraft. So I, uh, I was bitching at the Warcraft developers and to this guy specifically on Twitter over a decision they made that was pretty shitty, and he proceeded to block me, but they still made the change, which is pretty good. So yeah, that, that's kind of what I've been playing this last week. The newest patch of Warcraft just came out. So what what happened? So the new patch came out and it hurt people who have jobs or yes, and... because yeah, because essentially there's this event that goes on, this randomly generated event that in order to progress and, and get an ability that everybody's been waiting for, the ability to use your flying mounts in this expansion that people have been waiting for for months, uh, you had to do each one of five of these randomly generated events and. Most of them were happening in the mornings or during the early afternoon when all of us actual, you know, taxpaying Americans were at work and their responses to people complaining about that were just, well, get over it. You'll get it eventually. So we were having none of that and we took it to the developers and they made the change. Fuck yeah. But now I can no longer tweet the director of World of Warcraft because he has me blocked. So sad face. I was being kind of an asshole to him, though. So in his defense. Sid? What's your game of the week? You know what my game of the week is, buddy, and it's my game every week, and that is my beloved WWE Supercards, and they are fucking hooking us up this week because in our Ring Domination event, we are playing for both Matt and Jeff Hardy, the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Hardy Boys, and usually Ring Domination is an event where you have to play for a card that is lower than your current draftable deck tier. So you're picking kind of a jump card, like you're still able to use it, but it's not gonna be something powerful. And then for your second card, you get to unlock 
the deck tier card that you're able to draft, which is like the best cards that you're playing with at the time. But if you've already hit the highest deck tier, then when you play for the final card, you get to play for a special event card of the highest tier. So this time, people that were already the highest tier in WrestleMania 33, they were able to start the ring domination event automatically playing for a WrestleMania 33 card, and then they got to play for two special event cards. And you know that I grind this shit like a degenerate, so I am WrestleMania 33. I've already unlocked Ken Shamrock, who was the WrestleMania 33 undercard, and Matt Hardy, and I'm working on Jeff right now. Congratulations, Sid. That sounds like a very prosperous uh, weekend doing it. My video game, I want to give a shout out to Quake. Quake is coming out with Quake Champions. I'm signed up for their closed beta, so if you want to sign up for their closed beta, go to, you know, www. Bethesda uh, Quake uh, at Bethesda.net, I believe is what the... Oh shit, Bethesda is making the new Quake game? Because they made the new Doom game and that shit's dope. I want to get in on this. Alright, so you go to Quake.Bethesda.net and uh, you can sign up there. The game looks fucking like adrenaline shot right into your penis, dude. This game looks so fucking awesome. I got such a big boner for this. And uh, I love Halo. I love Call of Duty and Quake was one of my all-time favorites because I could in the air snipe somebody from across the map with a railgun and like my, my friends just be like fuck you dude I just I loved it greatest shit ever hell yeah I'm getting in on that is that just for PC or can console players also get in on this closed beta uh, I believe it's just PC right now so that's what I'm signed up for so I'm super stoked dude I would be too man I've never been in the closed beta of anything before. I've been in a few open betas, though. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I did the closed beta for Halo 2 and Halo 3. And, like, when Halo 3 came out, you had to buy, I think it was called Crackdown, which is a game, it was kind of like Grand Theft Auto, but you were, like, this, like, cyborg slash human guy and you like assassinate people and run around like, like Grand Theft Auto. It was just like that. It was, like, the same engine. And then, uh, are you lying right now? Because you're saying like a lot. Like, 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 no, but when you, uh, when you get, when you bought Crackdown, they had the beta on there. So you had to put in the Crackdown disc during the two or three weeks before the game came out, and you could go down into the options and say play the beta. So it sold the other game as well. I thought it was a cool idea. Dude, how many people bought Crackdown just to play in that beta? Like, and just never played Crackdown. I had it. It wasn't that good. I, I played like 20 minutes of the game. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> a lot of people just went and rented it. I was disappointed there wasn't any uh, episode two of Rick and Morty. Did you look for that, Sid? Oh, so yeah, they. I totally did. We got trolled because season three, episode one came out on April Fool's Day, but it was like a delayed April Fool's joke, pretty much. It's they say the rest of the episodes are gonna come out in the summer sometime, which is terrible, man. Like I'm all like in Rick and Morty mode, so I mean, I guess their promotion worked, you know? Yeah, you can rewatch uh, season one and two. That's what I've been doing. I've already seen season one like ten times. <laughs> There's nothing like an unwatched episode of Rick and Morty, though. It's so good. What are what are some characters you'd like to see come back in season three? The uh, the robot that cuts the butter for them at the table that wants to kill himself. I think that that character is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I want uh, Scary Terry to come back, man. He was one of my favorites, you know, because Freddy Krueger as a kid was like the scariest movie, as we've talked about previously on Magic and Hash and Project VCR. Uh, <laughs> so I I'm a big fan of Scary Terry. I have no idea what's going on right now. You still need to check out Rick and Morty. You didn't do your homework. I you didn't know. do your homework, Uber slut. <laughs> what are you I doing? J just Get like off back the in high school. World of Warcraft. Shave your neck beard. Fucking put some pants on that aren't fucking anime pajama pants. And fucking watch some Rick and Morty. Get, it's like he's got right a camera right in my bedroom. All right, Sid. You've been working the night shift at Walmart. A truck just came in, but you have to load it with fucking products, a pallet full of products. But first, you have to do what to that? I gotta wrap it up, bro, because I don't want this shit to be tumbling over, because I'm drunk right now. That's right. It's time to wrap it up. Sid, where can we find you? 
Oh, well, you can go find me at Twitter. I tweet every time a new episode comes out. And uh, I always, I'm going to start tweeting when the episode comes out exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. You know, our boy Jason Roskam here was our first Patreon subscriber, and now he's on the fucking show. And you can get involved and get up in our shit by going to our Patreon and showing us your love with them duggets, man. We're, we've got some hilarious reward tiers, but you know, we'll pretty much do anything you want because you can contact us over at the Facebook group, Magic and Hash Facebook, and if you're giving us money on Patreon and you ask us to do something, we'll probably consider doing it because we're whores for money. Uber slut, how do we get in contact with you? Oh, well, you can uh, follow me my new Twitter handle, Uberslut, uh, at Uberslut, or you can get me at Roskin76 on Twitter. I just started making some YouTube videos this weekend, a lot of Star Wars-based uh, stuff, so you can find me on the Project VCR Podcast uh, YouTube page, so just search Project VCR Podcast on YouTube. Check it out. I reacted to the new Last Jedi trailer, as well as did some stuff for The Force Awakens, and as always, go check out the Project VCR Podcast on iTunes. Also, check out the Brothers Roscom and support them. <laughs> Click the like button. It's a great YouTube channel. You're going to be supporting a good cause. Thank you, Uber Slut, once again. You're welcome. This has been a wonderful, wonderful uh, <laughs> romp through madness. Hit us up at magicandhash at gmail.com with all your inquiries. Magic underscore Timmy on Twitter. Tim Kempter on Facebook. Hit any of us up. We'll add you to our Facebook group. Thanks for getting blissed with us. Peace out. Yeah, all right, man. More feeling, buddy. Yeah. Friday night, I just got off work. My boss, man, he's such a jerk. So after work, I went to his house. His wife's pussy and kicked his ass. Eating pussy and kicking 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 ass. That's what I do. Celebrated with some alcohol Standing in the unemployment line I see this young girl's bush And said it's breakfast time Security guard said You can't do that So I kicked him in the nuts Before I drank a beer Girl at the counter said Do you want a job? And I said okay And then I ate her pussy Eating pussy And kicking ass Yeah. I eat a lot of pussy and then I get into a fight. Uh. Yeah, alright. Thursday night I was feeling pretty great. I was walking past the honky tonks on Broadway. I see this young girl, she smiling at me. So I took her back to my place and I paid the fee. Took off the skirt, I knew that something was wrong. Well, this supposed to be a pussy, this girl had a dong. I was bored, and since I'd paid anyway, I sucked his dick, and then I kicked his ass. Sucking dick, and kicking ass. Sucking dick, kicking ass. That's right. Sucking dick, and kicking ass. Sucking dick, kicking ass. Eating pussy, sucking dick, and kicking ass. Come on, buddy. Eating pussy, sucking dick, and kicking ass. Eating pussy, sucking dick, and kicking ass. Eating pussy, sucking dick, and kicking ass. God damn it! Fucking play, motherfucker!
Where'd everybody go?